Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And the Blues have won by 108 points against the West Coast Eagles. The first time Carlton has won by over 100 points since round five in 2011 against Richmond. Mm. A massive win. One the fans needed, but probably one that the players needed more than us. Lockie, how does it feel to not only finally put a team away, but to absolutely bury them in the process for once? It's pretty hard to think back to the last time that I felt so relaxed during a game. And the biggest concern was just whether the big man was going to get to the double digits or not. That's all Mm. that was the worry in the last quarter. So it's a good feeling. It was a nice, intense atmosphere at the end where there was still something to sort of keep an eye on. It was like, okay, I want this lead to be over 100 points. We want Charlie to get 10. It was a nice thing to be stressed about for once as a Cullen supporter. Exactly. 100%. So let's get straight into it. Let's go with a bit of reflection. Uh, Did we see it? A reflection. Because we we go in these match build-ups, if you do listen to it, we we go about a couple of things that we wanted to see in this match. So nice and easy. So let's go through a few of them. And we'll start off, I think, with one from you, Lockie. And you said you wanted to see a dominating performance, a big win. You wanted to see us put the foot down. Did you see it, Lockie? I think I'm happy to say that we saw it. We saw it. <laughs> I think so. And to, and to your point just then, like that was like that was a big thing as well. It was like three-quarter time. I was sitting there. I was like, we're, we're mm. going to let them back in here, aren't we? Like not let yeah. them in to have a chance at winning, but this is going to be a 40-point mm. game. Um, and we didn't let that happen. We had probably the best quarter. So mm. how pleasing was that far out? Oh, I know I agree. And I agree with you. Like I had a note here saying in those games, normally we'd get in front and then we'd stop. And I was just waiting for that. Even in the last quarter, I was waiting for that moment of, okay, here they go. We've stopped. They've kicked four goals in a row. And then it's now just 30 points or something where you just think, ah, a good team just doesn't stop. And Mm -hmm. for once, well, we did it because we never go on with it. And I think that's why every Carlton supporter is so happy after that game. And, no one is getting ahead of themselves after beating West Coast. No Carlton fan of course. is thinking all of a sudden all the problems have just disappeared because of one performance. And I almost feel like there's going to be so many caveats with every single thing we talk about in this episode. So maybe we just need to do it now as one big sure. thing, address it clearly. So then like we don't that. have to keep talking about it with every little bit of information throughout the podcast. You don't have to have you know someone else saying, hey, mate, but we've only beaten West Coast. No, 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 we'll address it now. We understand it's West Coast. They're not very good at football. Half their team's injured. That is kind of okay at football, if you can even say that. So we get it. We're not getting ahead of ourselves. So mm-hmm. now we can address the football. But I think that... Yeah. Yeah? You wanted to say... I was just going to say, and to that point, like when we were very down on things a couple of weeks ago, we also stressed that we're looking at this game that we just watched. Mm. And yes. we're looking at what we just saw and what we saw was crap. Mm. And we're now looking at what we saw on the weekend, which was beautiful. It was. And it's confidence building. I think that's where I'm taking what they were able to do here, particularly for our run coming up. We know it's going to be a really tough sort of fixture run because it's a lot of those teams Mm -hmm. competing for the eight, a lot of those teams higher on the ladder. But you just kind of need that. A four-quarter performance. We'll talk about game plan. We'll talk about all of that as we get through this. But for us to go out there, 
put a team to the sword. Normally we just limp over the line against these kind of oppositions to know that when they stick to the game plan, when they play a certain way, when you just relentlessly go for four quarters, that's what you get. And it's something as, as we you know said at the start of this episode hasn't happened since 2011, which kind of goes to show why it's such a dramatic win for us. And mm-hmm. I'm just hopeful that the players can see and sense what happens when you do these things, which can give us that confidence going into this next, next fixtures. Yeah. We've spoken about in, during the whole Voss year about getting different monkeys off the back, haven't we? Mm. And this is another one. Like that is a long time between beltings and there's been a lot of beltings with us on that end. So it feels good for us to finally be able to uh, deliver one. Mm, 100%. And the, this next one from me it was what I wanted to see. And it's probably one of the big topics, big talking points of this game because of mm-hmm. how much backlash there was in the last few weeks. And then what we saw in this one. So let's just dive deep into this. And, and I asked for fast ball movement and corridor footy. And wow. that, that's exactly what happened. Soj was giving us the uh, the quick breaking news last week saying, that he got the inside source, that things were going to change. We may see some adjustments to the game plan. What did you see miss. and what were you happy with in the way that we attacked the footy? I mean, of course we did those things really well. But for me, it was just about the balance and the way that we were doing. Mm. Like we were, we had so many dimensions to yeah. our game, whether it was the way that we were moving it up the field or the options that we were going for inside 50, the way that we were mm. doing that. Um it just there was nothing one dimensional about it. Yeah. There was nothing that West Coast could do to uh, predict what we were going to do. Um, we still went wide and uh, slow sometimes. We still went long to the contest mm. sometimes. Um, but with the way that we were doing it, and you know, part of it is due to the pressure that we were under, which wasn't as much as some previous weeks. But clearly, mm. the intention was there to tailor what we were going to do to the situation. Yes. Um, and the corridor stuff. I mean, God. How hot is that? The amount of times that we square it back into the middle quickly and just take it away. Oh, it's just the best stuff to watch. It's amazing what happens when you attack the corridor. And what I was probably most happy with throughout that performance was the fact that it didn't come off a few times. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's when, even, even though it's against West Coast, and again, the thing we've spoken about at the top of this episode, yeah. better teams will punish you when you do make mistakes, but... When we did make the mistake, we didn't go back into our shells. We kept trying trying it. And, and yep. the amount of space it creates, being able to break open games, and you touched on it. We still at, at stages realized, okay, the option's not on. Let's go wide. Let's work around the ground. Let's keep possession. Go the short kicks. Yeah. And eventually, keep making sure your focus is wanting to go on that 45. And if we're working hard enough, stretching the field, going fast, it opens up for you. And when we're able to do it and execute, you're able to then get those quick inside fifties that we've been crying out for all season, getting it into Charlie quickly. And then old mate kicks nine goals. It's just I know. every single little thing we've been asking for. Finally, they showed it in a game that you thought they could show it. And so that is, there's so many boxes yeah. ticked for me in this performance. Absolutely. I, I think we really did need a game like this to be able to get the confidence up. Like you mm. said, before like to show that it, it can work yeah. um at the best of times because they're not always going to be the best of times but mm. and yeah there was some there was some times we did it and the miss kicks that we did i'm just like what what on earth is that like yeah 
Sam Walsh, I'm looking at you. A couple of those ones, I was like, what, you, what, you, what is this disposal, mate? But mm. more often than not, it did work. And they pretty much always delivered a goal when we did. Hmm. And, and even when we did make, I guess, the error by foot, there was probably only maybe two or three times I saw that it just wasn't the right option. The rest, sure. it was clearly oh, the yeah. option. We just executed poorly, which is... That's what uh, I'm saying. If, if we do that, and this was a note I, I have, you know, if we play that way where if it is the right option and we go for it, regardless of the result, whether you botch the kick and it turns into a goal, if we do that every single week against any kind of opposition, mm-hmm. if we lose games of football doing that, I'll obviously be annoyed, but I won't be as disappointed as I, as I was the last two weeks in those losses because that's mm-hmm. modern day footy. Fast corridor, that is it's what we should be doing. I'm not going to be too displeased if we're losing yep. if we lose against Brisbane this week, but we're trying to play that way because I think eventually it'll click. Guys will understand it better. You'll get better users in certain positions, yep. and you'll go on to win a flag if that's the kind of thing with the plays we have. So I'm yeah. pretty pleased. The, the better users is a good point. I mean, that's something that I felt like we were doing better as well, and yeah. there's still improvement there um, with who mm. the ones are that are biting that off. But yeah, God, it can. Like, yeah, the confidence mm. can only go up from here, I think, with us iterating on this now. Mm, I agree. And, and I thought that what really helped, and to, again, like I hate having to keep saying it, obviously it depends on the team you've got, but the work rate, <laughs> I was so incredibly pleased with whether it was guys trying to create options mm-hmm. in the middle of the ground for us to spread wide or have someone actually in the middle of the ground. But movement inside yep. 50, I made a note during the game, just I've never seen so many fake leads and just leads in general in our forward 50 when we had yeah. the ball. Have you ever seen us play like that? Like, even no. though it was West Coast, it doesn't didn't matter who it was, we were moving. And that was just something yes. I, I don't think I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's something I noticed um, on the replay as well as I was trying to look at things that weren't just the play with the ball. Um do this every week, please. Yeah. Like uh, playing this way, we're, we're not going to win by 100 every week, but I think we're going to win more than we don't. Mm. Yeah, and, and it allowed us to, because we were dominating possession and we were able to really almost break them mentally, particularly in that second half and go on with it. Yeah. At those stages, we were really happy to not just keep blazing away. It didn't feel as if we got to a stage where we maybe got too cocky and just thought, okay, we've dominated now, just bomb it long to the the goal square, things still mm. felt very controlled. I was I was pleased that we were looking at those short options around the half forward line, continually trying those little short leads and even delivering inside 50. We were lowering the eyes to those short options. We, you know, there was that yeah. one from Walsh oh. to Harry. There was that one from, you know, Honey that easily could have just gone the snap, but he immediately went, actually, Jack's in the goal square, team option. These yeah. are just little things that I, I have not seen from us in there. So impressive to witness, and that hopefully, and I think, I think is the the crux of all of this. Can give them the confidence of look what happens when you do this. Mm-hmm. Look what happens when you actually play fast through the middle with handball chains. Because again, you sort of nailed the way that it wasn't just corridor footy, it wasn't just handball, it was everything. We were actually yeah. looking at multiple different ways that suited the circumstance and getting the reward for it paying off i think i think it's just so beneficial to where this game came up 
this season after a couple of tough losses, being able to, okay, let's go out there and really try this. It was no offense to West Coast, but it was like a kind of a glorified training drill in a way that we kind of got to, okay, this is, this is what we want to do. We can test it against an opposition where we can get away with making a few mistakes and, yeah, pretty much every single thing I was incredibly pleased with. I've got to ask you the question, no. though, because of the way we're Go moving on. it. A lot of people have said, because we were quite heavy at selection, quite annoyed at the way we're playing. Some people have just said that the rebound and the way we're moving the football, it's pretty much just because you get Doherty and Saad back. I'd love to know your thoughts what? on that. Did you think it's just as simple as we got ball users, got guys that can break lines back in the team? Or is it a bit more complicated than that? Love to get your thoughts. Oh wow! No, I, I have not had not seen that take around. I definitely disagree. I mean, mm. not we weren't. We've had a few games with Doc and Sar this year and didn't see that. So yeah, no this this felt much more method and and game mm. plan focused to me. Um, not don't get me wrong. Like it was fantastic to have them back. I don't know how Doc did so well coming oh. back in in this game like he was still great um chinkotta there is something there mm-hmm. there is definitely something mm-hmm. there kemp um wow yeah. there's something there too um so the, the whole way the backline was working was great but no i definitely wouldn't be putting it down to just them mm. no i agree I, I think obviously it helps having those guys down there and having multiple different options to move it but yeah it was the way we went about it rather than just the personnel I think we would have been better at it last week just with the people, but we looked, we finally looked for the handball received yeah, from a mark or from a free that. kick that I noticed so many times. And when we played best, it seems those little elements are there. And I think that yep. obviously I'm very keen to see how this goes over the next few weeks when there's more pressure, when maybe it doesn't go your way. You don't have the space to continually create these options. Do we go into our shell? Do we back ourselves? But, I mean, you can only do and, and watch and, and play what's in front of you. And so yeah. to see it happen for once and be like, okay, these boys are capable of it. Yeah, you just can't make too many complaints from that from that performance. Was there anything else from, I guess, yeah. our ball movement or anything that you noticed that you, you wanted to bring up? No, I'm, I'm just glad you mentioned the handball receive because, um, yeah, it was like if we got a uh, turnover in set mark or, you know, uh, a stoppage in our defensive half we're looking straight up all right how am yeah. i going to move this forward with a kick boom next guy who gets it i straight up mm. and then then we've got someone working hard to get that handball off break the lines it's like oh, yeah. it's so simple in theory but where has this been mm. and, and like yeah oh god we got this out of the way at the start so we don't have to caveat the whole episode but now we're going to caveat the whole episode yeah. anyway <laughs> it, it isn't going to be that easy but but the that that effort can always be there. We can always mm. be trying to break those lines. And if the handball's not on, then hopefully we'll be smart enough not to give it. But, you know. Yeah, and, and it goes and it goes back to the, the fact that we're able to get that reward to continue, to not let them kick those junk time goals. We yeah. were kicking the junk time goals. We were breaking records with, with oh. what we were doing because we were continually working hard. We did not relent. And we could... It, they, the boys could have easily just put the cue in the rack and gone, we've won, it's all good, no worries. But they didn't. And and I'm just, I'm praying that that's maybe a bit of a light bulb moment for them, understanding if you keep working, eventually the option will be there, you can attack, you'll get shots on goal. I think that's just 
what I'm praying. We yep. will see. Um, another thing that you brought up that you wanted to see from this game was a high intensity from the get-go. Obviously, we've loved the way we move the ball, but what did you think from an intensity point of view? And did you see that impact straight away? Definitely did. Definitely did. Mm. Um, like I said, when I about the, um, I watched the replay earlier today, and one of the things when I watched it live, I was like, well, obviously that was a fantastic performance, but honey, dirds, like fit, like you, those small guys, I don't know, like still didn't notice you a whole lot in a hundred point belt. Mm. And when I watched the review back, I was focusing on them and what their efforts were when they didn't have the ball. And they're there. They were yeah. working so hard to have an impact without getting the ball in their hands. And I was so impressed focusing on them and watching how they chase and how they apply that pressure um, was fantastic. I think that all comes together to deliver what we did. So mm. it was there from the start. And I think everyone can put their hand up and say that they contributed. Yeah, it, it was definitely a full team performance. And I think something that highlights our intensity is we won the tackle count. Yeah, which I was is say that as well. bizarre, yes. 83 to 64. And then talking, I mean, you've segued perfectly into the thing that I wanted to see which is a bit more impact from our smalls. And while they didn't necessarily get it on the scoreboard, and I don't think that they were all perfect, there was elements that they all yeah. brought and they definitely weren't horrendous. Like I'll go through a few of their stat lines and I kind of want to get your thoughts Please. on each of them individually as well. So we have, we start with Durden, 10 disposals, one goal, that one late, which we can definitely talk about, stealing the 10 from Charlie, uh, two tackles, six score involvements, 11 pressure acts. Um, what was your yeah. kind of thoughts on Corey Durden's game? Um, yeah, the thing that I was, as I was thinking about today that I'm trying to come to terms with is we kicked 23 goals. We had what? We had six guys with 30 plus disposals, 10 guys with 20 plus. Like everyone has their role in this team. And yeah. with those smalls, it, it is not, it is often not going to show up in the box score. Because we're not expecting them to kick two goals every week. Like we're like, if we can get a goal yeah. out of each of them every week, we're happy with that. Um, and it that it's like maybe you could argue that you want more, like you want different things from that position. But we can't have everybody in the team getting fifteen disposals every week, and mm. it's not realistic that they're going to kick multiple goals every week. So this is a long-winded way of me saying that I'm I'm giving the tick to both Dirds yeah. and Honey this week because. If they can do that pressure and make mm. the opposition defense uncomfortable for the entire game, which I think they did, then that's a tick for their jobs because we it's just not possible um, that we're going to look at their line every week and go, whoa, that was a great game. Yeah. You actually have to see mm. it with your own eyes. To It's like the eye test, I guess. And it's, and it's particularly hard to, I guess, play as a small forward in that kind of game where Charlie's marking it. Yeah. So you're not getting the crumbing goals. You're not being able to do anything at ground level because the key forwards are taking the the clunks mm -hmm. in in the forward 50. And I think that with Durden, I was quite impressed, particularly on the replay, that I thought some of his link-up play when he pushed up high was quite impressive. Uh, I think particularly in the third quarter, I noticed him really moving to the, the back of the stoppage. It, even when the ball was in the middle of the ground, him and Fish mm -hmm. seemed to be there. There was a few times that really ran past it with pace didn't necessarily get the ball. There was maybe a fumble, didn't get the hands out, but we were kind of using those fast 
guys up around the ball as options. And I thought some of his linking kicks, particularly early, were really good as well. And those are just little things adding to his game. And I was pretty happy with that. And Honey had the eight disposals, two tackles, one goal, six score involvement, six pressure acts. Thought he took his goal well. Um, yep. I thought he was definitely the lesser of the two. I yeah, wasn't yeah, necessarily yeah. loving his game completely, but we probably got a little bit more from these guys, even if it was just up and trying to bring some sort of pressure to get the ball or, or even just, you know, the unselfish leading out of the way and, and le- allowing there to be space, which it felt like for the most part of that game, there was space in that, you know, 15, 20 meters from goal that Charlie was able to get isolated for so many times when we were yeah. able to kick it in. There was, there wasn't a congestion for once, which was just, yeah, I, I have not seen that in so long. And it's things we've been crying out for. Exactly. Yeah. I did I did notice him being in the right spots and being at the base of those packs that obviously Charlie was just marking mm. everything. So there was no, no crumbs to eat up. Um he had sixty six percent game time. Like yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't put I can't really knock him for that because mm. I, I don't really know I don't know what else what much more we, we could have got from him in a game like this, to be honest. Yeah. Like he, he took his his chance. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And like, and and same with Dirt. It's like his that point that he kicked was a goal that got touched. Like, if it was two goals, it's like, oh wow, it looks even better. But mm. it's all the same. I think both ticks for me. And uh, what were your thoughts on the two half forwards? I suppose in like a, a Fisher and Ed Kerno. Fish uh. definitely pushed up a little bit more. Had some more wing time. Twenty-one disposals, thirteen kicks, one tackle, eight marks, seven score involvements, three behinds, which definitely let him down. 20 pressure acts, mm. two clearances, and Ed had 16 disposals, five tackles. Sorry, five marks, three tackles, and seven score involvements. What are your thoughts on on both of their performances as they've been? I think we've both sort of been calling for them to get replaced, get dropped, and and pick up some form in the twos in recent weeks. So I'd love to to hear how you thought they went this week in a, in a big win. Yeah, I think so. I'm gi- I'm giving everyone that played. Like a tick. I think everybody yeah. did the the role that we needed them to do well. Um, I don't think I learned anything new though about any of those four from this. Like n- yeah. n- none of those four performances made me be like, oh yeah, they're like they're locks that they they're going to be here round twenty in my round twenty three team. I think Fisher. I really wish he could sort this out in front of goal. Um, yeah. Like they were three pretty good. Uh, or two of them were very good opportunities, which a half forward like him should be kicking, and it feels like it happens more, like too often that he does this. I'm I'm not sold that there isn't someone, other people on our list that could do those roles better. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm mm. I'm at with them. Like there was they they, yeah, I guess they were they were both good, but w- without kind of blowing me away. Yeah, I I thought Fisher actually had a good game. Whereas yeah. I'm not saying you don't think he had a good game, but I've seen a lot of discourse on social media. Everyone's still calling for Fisher to be dropped in. I don't know. Maybe I saw the game differently, but I, apart from mm. the end product, which was not good, he obviously kicks those three points, few chances there to really bury it. And there was that one that I can't remember if it ended up being a point for someone else, but it's running in and could have, he was on the left-hand side, could have gone for it. And he hesitated. I think he handballed it to JSOS yeah. and it was just turnover and it was just he clearly lacks like that. Yeah, he clearly lacks confidence finishing 
but I was a bit more impressed with his work around the ball. And that was kind of evident by these 20 pressure acts, got the two clearances, eight marks. I thought he was, because he's been getting these high disposals and not really influencing things. But when we were breaking, when we were mm. getting these fast handball chains, I thought he was doing more with his possessions than the 20-odd possessions he's been getting the last few weeks, if that makes sense. It wasn't, wasn't yeah. stellar. It wasn't a, a breakout. Yes, Fish is back to his best, but it was definitely a step in the right direction. I thought he had more impact with his possessions mm. and around the ball than previously, which I'm not going to be calling for him to get dropped this week off what I saw. Whereas I guess with an Ed, I probably just saw again the same kind of thing. Like worked really hard. Some of the mm. some of his efforts to push up from that half forward to create an option out for us wide on those breaks was yeah. really, really good. But I probably saw that little bit more from Fisher this week that I was happier with. Yeah, that's fair. I'm definitely oh, same. I'm definitely not calling for uh, him to go, be going out this week after a game like that. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how he goes. I hope he continues to progress. I'm glad that you saw that positively. Ed, Ed's funny. He like, yeah, he can he can do some really good things. But I would I'd rather have Kennedy in that spot right now. Yeah. And that is definitely the big thing. So we'll go into talking about the, the big talking points from this game. Did you want to jump into the mm-hmm. Matt Kennedy chat or did you have something else yeah. that you wanted to bring to the table? No, go go on. I'm keen to hear what your uh, Kennedy chat is. Mm. This is exciting. Yeah, well, I, we were pretty uh, – I'm not too sure what the word is there, but disappointed, annoyed, bemused. We were very unsure mm. of why yeah. he was necessarily dropped. Boss then comes out the next day and says – he wasn't dropped. He's going to be the sub and he hates the whole, you have to omit someone, which is potentially a whole nother discussion, which I definitely have a strong opinion on. Um, uh-huh. What was your kind of opinion on him becoming the sub um, and then coming on in that last quarter and potentially looking to take someone else's spot come next week? For sure. Yeah, I really don't have too much to speak on this, to be honest, because um, look, uh, I, I didn't mind what Fossey said about that. Like, and I'm not saying that he thinks he's the 23rd best player in this mm. group, which, cause it, there, there might be more strategy behind this and they want yeah. some, you know, someone to t- take those midfield minutes in the fourth or whatever it is. But uh, I just, he's got to be in there for me. Mm. It, it, I definitely value his, uh, what, so Ed Kerner had 78% game time to Kennedy's 25. I just don't see a reason why that shouldn't be uh, flipped around. And I hope that's what they do on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, like we both said in that in that build-up episode, thinking that we think Kennedy can offer more, even if you play him as a half forward over Ed Kerno, and you could probably sure. see in those like last quarter, he ends up getting the seven touches in no time, gets the goal as well, and I feel like I'm just pot shotting Ed every single episode, and I feel bad for that, but it's not meaning to be this. It's just I, I want better. I want us to be better, and I think you could just see yeah. from. Matt Kennedy, better use of the ball, the way he was covering the ground. I understand he's, he's fresher, but I, I don't feel like he, he runs any worse than an Ed. Uh, it was an interesting one. And I mean, I'm going to put yeah. this on record right now because this is, this is not even like Carlton chat, but this is just I like this broader AFL. I know they've just announced a CEO, but maybe they've missed. They should have got the, the guy that's sitting right here um, <laughs> in, in this topic. Um, yep. Like coaches complaining about oh, well, I, I wanted to have him in the 23, but I didn't want to name the sub. But they do it. But every coach does it the day after they've released the teams as if, 
well, you still didn't have to say the sub then. You could have waited. Mm. I understand you're annoyed at the process, but if you if you're not going to wait it out and still do it in mystery, just announce it when you do the teams. If you know you're going to yeah. 24 hours Makes after no the initial ones come out, like if it's that big a deal that you're crying out for for poor Matt Kennedy and the news stories that are going to break, mate, just get the bloke who does the um like team exactly. like thing on on Carlton whoever types that up just say oh, you just Matt Kennedy's going to be the sub don't stress it's really not that difficult to have that in there even yeah. if he's omitted someone can read it and go oh it's all good don't stress so i just think that that's exactly ridiculous and don't put don't be naming 23 without the sub because that's going to ruin fantasy and super coach for all of us so mm. please don't get any ideas with that Ooh. one <laughs> Please no. Fair call. That could us. be something they look at. So let's oh. cross our fingers. That won't be the case. Disaster. But there is the biggest to- topic of this. Obviously, the ball movement was great. All of that. But uh-huh. almost one man shined brighter than anything I've ever seen. And it was Charlie <laughs> Kerno kicking nine goals, 18 disposals, 14 marks, 16 score involvements, eight contested marks, which was a game high. The next best on the field was Kemp with two, and he had eight. It's just unheard of. 11 marks inside 50. Absolutely incredible, I believe, and I may get this one wrong, but I believe it's the first time a Carlton player's kicked nine goals since Fev in 2009, which is ludicrous that it's been this long. What were your thoughts on this man's performance? And are you annoyed that we didn't get him to 10? I want to hear Mm. your opinion on particularly those last couple of minutes. Oh, maybe we're going to have conflicting opinions (laughs) on this. Um, It was the most goals at Optus Stadium as well. Uh, Crazy, crazy, crazy. I know, right? What was he doing? Um, I definitely was not mad at all that he didn't get to 10. Yeah, I absolutely loved the way that we went about things. Mm. And if we, um, like you mentioned the hundred points, um, it was a bit, a big deal that we got to that. If we screwed around, like trying to get him the ball and, and actually messed that up for us. And we got a couple of goals kicked on or something like that. That would have been, I feel like a sour mm. end to mm. it all. Um, and Vossi ref- referenced it in his press conference about that the, that they were like a yeah. couple of them were trying to do that, which I found interesting because I didn't, I didn't really get that vibe. Like I thought it was all, you know, we're pretty much doing the right decision from where I was sitting. Um, so definitely not annoyed. Yeah, uh, look, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm definitely not annoyed that we we didn't get into ten. It would have been lovely. I think I'm happy that mentality wise we didn't just completely go, okay, every single thing is so Charlie-centric. I disagree yep. with you a little bit. I thought we were at stages. Guy could have probably gone back and went the goal, but they were looking for that short chip, like particularly late for the one that ends up hitting mm. dirt. And there were moments where the guys were looking at it. But again, yeah, at least they were kicking it in the direction of someone that was an option. It wasn't as if Charlie's got four blokes on him and we're just kicking it, hoping he can take the mark. Uh, I yeah. I want to get your thoughts as well on Voss taking him off with about 10 minutes to go. It was probably just rotation-wise, but did you read anything else into it of maybe a, oh, we don't want these guys getting too Charlie-centric and we just want to go on and win? Did you think anything oh. of that at all? No, I didn't. I didn't think anything of that. I just thought it was the normal kind of rotation of things, mm. which, again, I was happy that we were yeah. doing 
the right thing. I agree with, like, obviously, yeah, Harry turned straight around from that mark and and kicked it in that direction. But also, Harry has absolutely the least <laughs> yeah. confidence of, of with a drop part of mm. any man in the AFL right now. So I'm sure he also, like, was happy to give that to somebody else. So, that, I mean, they were definitely trying. But but Dirge could have then turned around and handballed yeah. it to him. That would mm. have been, like, that would have been the kind of shit where I'm like, come on now. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy went for the long, he went for the goals instead. There was a few, Brody Camp went for the goals. And I did enjoy that. And I I would 99.999% believe that it was clearly just rotation. It's Charlie's time to come off. There's a part of me that hopes that there was an element of bossy, almost wanting to send a bit of a message of like, Hmm. it's a good thing that, you know, it'd be amazing to get him to 10. And there's a bit of theater in that. And it's a bit of fun, but boys, it's about winning. It's about continuing what we're doing. It's don't take yeah. your eye off it. Continue this mentality, foot on the throat. And so I did enjoy that we did keep going for it. And there were guys that went, no, I'm going to kick the goal. Like, let's not be silly here. We've yeah. spent all this game doing all the right things. Let's continue playing the way we want to, keeping to our structures and doing those little things. And as good yeah. as it would have been to see him get 10, Nine was almost enough. Like he was, he was yeah. unbelievable. Some of his marks were insane, and it was the sort of icing on the cake of everything. We were doing the cherry on top, where we were able to create so much space and isolate him more than than we mm, have been. And when you get it in that quick, you just the opposition can't get men lined up to be get ten blokes in the hole for it. It's it's going to be those one-on-ones and and I'm hoping again, it's just this confidence for the boys to understand, hey, if we move it quick, if we get in space, look how good our inside 50s are. They're not just on top of people's heads because they're not under as much pressure. Oh, no. And yeah, just a, a lot to love from that. Can you kick a hundred? Yeah. Can he kick a hundred? <laughs> he can kick a hundred. Um, I definitely wouldn't bet on it though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know all the game plan points just feed into each other beautifully, don't they? I, mm. I love that Harry was getting up the ground more and it meant, yeah, all of these things just mm. fed into one another, like you just said, the fastball movement, the spacing, the pressure. Um, keep it going. Mm. Uh, what other things were kind of talking points from that game that you'd love us mm. to cover? What did you see that you liked or or those big, Gosh. big moments? I mean, the mids are back. Mm. We'd love to see that. Um, definitely didn't miss uh, not having Kennedy in there for the whole game. Um, the, the mix was good. Um, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I guess when I talk about the mids, got to put Acres in there as well. Because I, yes. God, oh. every time he got the ball, I'm just thinking to myself, thank God we got mm. this man. Um, because he isn't the flashiest, biggest name in the league, but far out. I just, every time we look like we look wide and he's there in a paddock and then he takes off with the ball. I'm just like, we're, mm. oh, we've needed this for so long. Yeah. And he's someone that wants to take the game on. I think even in the, the last two weeks, he's been one that has been wanting to go that option. I yeah. noticed that particularly last it. week, he was getting annoyed at guys not being in the right spot, not working for him. He's looking up going, can you, can you get into space? Like, what do you expect yeah. me to do, boys? And this week, when they were moving for him, he was unbelievable. 34 disposals, which was game high. 10 marks, which is unbelievable. Two tackles, one goal, 11 score involvements, four clearances, and six inside 50s, which was, again, a game high. Yeah. 
one of the better ball users we have to, to break the game open. And when we're getting the right people delivering inside 50, it's amazing what does happen in space. Uh, I was very impressed right. with him. And the mids were a lot better. Uh, again, they dominated the disposals, but again, uh, just more impact from them this week. They meant yeah. more. I thought Sam Walsh, we'll talk about other players because I think others were better, but Sam Walsh for me was one that I think he's going under the radar in that performance, particularly watching the replay back. I thought there was so many little moments where he was the one that just got the handball out or was working hard to get the ball back. You could see him at the back of the pack, didn't get the ball, Mm. sprinting forward, being an option, spreading the field. I just thought his game was incredibly underrated. I've seen a lot. Some people say that he was a bit quiet in that game, didn't notice him, but... I don't know. I oh. thought he was a part of that engine room that played a bit more high half forward than he did completely in the guts. And it was something I did enjoy him, his movement around the stoppages. I thought it allowed, allowed us yeah. to move the ball the way we did. That's so interesting because I, I wouldn't have said that he's underrated and nor would I have said that he was quiet because my, my feeling when I watched the replay was I just felt like a lot of times with his disposals, he wasn't, putting us into the best position that he could have like yeah. just like a handball a bit like a handball below yeah, the knees that's and yeah we got it or a kick where it's like oh mate like if you just and he, yeah don't get me wrong he had some beautiful ones but just these little ones i'm like ah oh, if you're the guy that is gonna you know handball 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 and now mm. it's a kick you, I, I want you to be doing better than than some of the ones but that's just my little my yeah. kind of little no, look on him so i take no, that's that's fair. I think he was a little bit sloppy at times with his disposal, but it was just those other little things where he was getting in the right spots, the way he was positioned around the ground, trying to create things for us. And whether yeah. it was that spread or whatnot that I did speak about, but yeah, there were some times where he like would look to handle back in, back into the right spot, but just missed it by a couple of meters. But yeah, there were definitely other better midfielders out there and two of them we should probably speak mm-hmm. about at some stage. Maybe it's now. I mean, Adam Chera and Patrick Cripps were a whole another yeah. level. Um, what did you like from both of their games this week? Oh, boy. Yeah, Chera has come into a real good patch of form, hasn't he? Um, mm. And, I mean, Cripps as well. Just, I don't even know. What, what can I say about him? Like, he's just so determined, Yeah, I guess. Strong. Good things, like, just... good things always happen when he's near it. It's insane the, his ability to have like two blokes on him and still pushes through and oh. gets the clean disposal out. I, I've never seen many blokes be that strong and physical at it to do it. He was just in and under yeah. doing everything right. And then Chera has just, I mean, it helps when he's playing at Optus, a ground he knows really well, but I, I just thought that he mm-hmm. was exceptional. 30 disposals, eight tackles, eight marks, one goal, one Virgil van Dyke celebration and 11 score yeah. involvements. It was a beautiful display from him. And he's one of those players that we need to get involved more because he's a better user. We want yep. him delivering the ball inside 50, being that crafty mover for us. And he just delivered again. He's having some sort of season. We'll be definitely up there in our best and fairest and Carlton's oh, best yeah. and fairest at this stage. Just really, really impressed with him once again. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it feels like the mix is, is getting there. And uh, Doherty mm. obviously had some time in there. I don't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, if Ed Kerner was in for CBAs. I don't don't believe I don't so. If he did, it might have been one. I don't recall so, him in there. 
too much. Feels like a good feels like a good mix that we've got going at the mm. moment. It's a bit a bit more balanced, which is why I can understand why Kennedy isn't getting in there right now. But we mm. can find a spot for him, I think. Yeah, what did you make of Doherty getting back into the midfield a little bit more? Even in the last quarter, I noticed he was a bit more yeah. high half forward, which was an interesting move. What are your thoughts on on seeing him more in there and even maybe him taking a bit more of that Ed Kerno role high half forward instead of being that mm. defender with a guy with a breakout performance like a, a Chin Cotter out there? Yeah, I definitely haven't made my mind up on this kind of thing because um, as I was like looking through the VFL stats today, it's like, well, okay, Boyd is around it now. Like mm. he can come back in. Cowan obviously is going to be pushing first selection at some point too. So the backline mix. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, and I definitely don't have a take on what the best of that is because mm. I can't imagine a team over the next few weeks that doesn't have Brody Kemp in it. Like oh. that just felt like I, I know I'm kind of segue away away from your point here a bit, but having him there felt like it made it easier for Young to be able to do those second ruck duties, which meant that Sauce mm. didn't have to do them, which kept our forward structure better. Um, so that mix felt good. So I don't know. I guess yeah, there gets a stage where it's like, well, there's not enough slots for backmen, mm. and we need to assign people elsewhere. So I don't know. Do you have a stronger? take on that oh i don't know if it's stronger i definitely like the versatility and i did like his because he worked so hard that's what i was enjoying in that last quarter around that uh, half forward role because if that's what they're kind of wanting from an ed kerno someone that can push up really stretch and create the space create an option for us that's mm-hmm. what i enjoyed with sam doherty doing it and knowing he he's got those defensive capabilities as well it's not a bad leaver to pull if our opposition halfback starts to get the run on us, whether we move yep. Doherty down there instead, knowing that, like you're saying, it's a different mix. We, we've got a few tools in there with, with Kemp starring a little bit at times and knowing yeah. Newman can lock down Sarge and Cotter. I thought his run and carry was <sighs> so incredible. Good. He just, he looks at the level, which we probably didn't see that run Mature. and carry as much last week, but you need those little moments for him where he knows that he can do it at this level against a weaker opposition, gives him that confidence to build. Okay, I can take the game on. Look what happens. He was incredibly clean. And the option yep. for a Boyd, the option for a Cowan as well, knowing we've, we've maybe more f- fully fit, have some other options, allows us to move the magnets around. And I think that's an interesting yeah. watch to see whether he's one of those players that rotates forward. But as far as the midfield, just gives us another look. And I, I like us trying to change things up, which probably leads us to the next bit, which is talking about Mm -hmm. the coaching, talk about Vossi and selection. And I'll ask you, there's two main questions I want to ask you, but the first one was, were we too quick to judge Vossi, his coaching ability and his game plan when we saw the the result this week? Were we too quick? Um, My immediate reaction to that is what I said earlier about the fact that we, I guess we're just looking at what we have in front of us. Um, and I think people had stronger takes than us in the community about, you know, I mean, there was people writing Vossi off a week ago, um, which we certainly weren't. Um, so yeah, I guess we were looking at what we were seeing in front of us and we, we couldn't understand even what we were trying to achieve, um, in the past few weeks. So a performance like this, where it was so clear what we were trying to do, um, you obviously have to give Vossi a pat on the back for that and. And it shows that it can work. So 
I think we we got to keep. You know, I'm still keeping the faith. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, no. Look, I tend to agree. I don't think we we're too quick to judge because, yeah, like you say, everything that we we're annoyed at. I think was reasonable to get annoyed at. We were slow. We weren't moving the ball fast. We weren't yeah. trying to take the game on. And obviously it helps when you come up against West Coast, but it looked like we were trying to do it, which I can't say I saw previously. So I felt like there was adjustments, whether he, he like Soj was telling us that they knew that there was issues with it and they were needing to try something different. I have more emphasis on we need to move the ball this way and, I wonder if there was an element of, okay, we're getting the ball in the hands of the wrong players exiting D50 and that's hurting us. And whether there was a bit more of a, okay, less weedering, less young getting the ball in these spots. Let's try to expand, even mm. get Brody Kemp on the ball, get McGovern, get Saar, Doherty, get other players that we know can transition the ball. Make sure we're getting it in their hands at, at certain points and, so I don't think we we're too quick to judge. I think that we were right probably in it because everything that we were saying we needed to do, look what happens when we did it. We nailed it and it worked. I don't think we were asking for him to be sacked or or thinking that he couldn't turn it around. God, no. It was just, here's the issues. We need to fix them. This is how we think we can do it. Doing it's a whole nother thing. And so I think credit to Voss, the coaching group and the players for being able to at least execute on the issues that mm. we saw there. And, and probably on that, do you think that we overreacted at all to the selection side of things, knowing that they backed in the same guys, they didn't make those massive changes and seemingly it did kind of work. What are your thoughts <laughs> on around the negative negativity around selection that I know I definitely was going quite hard at? Um, yeah, yeah, you probably have uh, a better to answer this question than me because I, I wasn't looking for as many changes, but, yeah. um, no, I, I actually, actually think I don't because hindsight is 2020, mm. like, and we could have had this, like, wh why couldn't we have had this same performance with the, the players that you wanted out there? Like, mm. I, I yeah. feel like we, you can't, you can't really, you can't really judge, I would say. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I'm happy to give credit. And I, I think I said this in our build-up show of, look, I'm not angry at the selection because you've backed them in now. Like Vossi and the coaching group have mm. gone, okay, these are the players. I've backed them in. This is the chance to prove it. And they have to prove it. And they did. And so for me, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not super annoyed that I was pushing for changes for guys that I didn't think were playing good football because... Obviously, Voss and Co. have gone, no, this is our best 22. We don't trust the other guys to execute. These guys yeah. aren't doing it, but we think with persistence they can, and it was just up for them to do it. And so, again, I kind of think we were justified in mm. asking questions and pushing and saying, well, why is this guy playing? And still, there's probably the same guys that were maybe calling to get brought out of this team. They, Even though they played well and things worked very well, there's still question marks around those players. So it's probably still somewhat vindicated, Yeah, but it's just probably about trying not to go too far. And I don't think that we necessarily did that, but there was definitely a few mm. out there that may, maybe yeah. did. And it's, it's an emotional game. So I, I, I'm not trying to pot anyone or anything because I understand why there was so much frustration around it. I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up, but I mean, this yeah. is where I'm going to give credit to Voss and the playing group and, and all the coaches of, okay, it seemingly like, looked like they tried to address something and the execution was there. And now I'm excited to see what does take place over this next next few weeks against some really tough opposition because the, the, the yeah. blueprint's there. 
let's see what they can do now. Yeah. And to your point about the overreacting, I mean, th- those those people that were, you know, so, so upset about the things this week um, and that are a bit quieter this week, I'm, I'm sure they'll be back at it going at the people that are too excited now <laughs> and be like, when we have a loss, I don't know, when will our next loss be? Eight weeks time, maybe? Um, yeah. You know, when that happens, they'll be like, oh, you've overreacted to the West Coast game and look, we still don't have a game plan. So yeah. it's a roller coaster. It definitely is. Did you want to jump into some uh, listener questions, Lockie? I'd love to. I'd love to because you wouldn't believe this. We've got some good ones. Um, As always. Firstly, from at NChamp66, can you tell the negative supporters to go away? I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure I can. I'm sorry. Because I think the negativity was reasonable. And, And I hope that when we're negative on things, people which for the most part, most of the interactions we are getting, people seem to think that it's at least somewhat level-headed and it's understanding that there's an issue, believing we can fix it, but at least addressing it in not too negative way. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that there needs to be a balance to it. And that's why we, we give praise when we think there is some, but we're happy to to push for higher standards, which in the end, maybe that has manifested the performance this week of we can't just go out there and beat them by mm-hmm. 30 points. Absolutely kill him. I like it. Well, let's see if you answer this one in a sincere way uh, again or in a gag way. So from Luke Pescari, makes a good point here. Why did we use the center part of the ground so much? It seems lazy to be using the shortest path to goal. An interesting <laughs> an interesting point. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> we used the corridor for once. Lazy. It was unbelievable when you actually look to go on the 45. And again, I'm just... Um, I'm, I'm hoping that whoever needs it can understand what happens when you do use it and that they just don't go into right. their shell when maybe the option's not there or they're struggling and turning the ball over and getting burnt from turnover. They go, no, look what happens when we do it. We win by 100 points. So that's hopefully mm. some evidence and some confidence building, which is the key word of this this episode. Exactly right. We're just we're, we're still learning what we're getting from this crew. Um. This is a good one here. We kind of touched on this earlier, but didn't go into too much detail. So from our man, Mark DT, um, is the answer to our ruck situation um, mm. one of Pitto and TDK with Young chopping out and then Kemp playing a bit taller? Um, he said, looking good tonight and Pitto is far ahead of TDK at the moment, um, which I do agree mm. with. I'm very interested to hear what your take is on this. Because we we actually, no, mm. you didn't. You weren't bringing TDK in last week, were you, in your bulk changes i think he's still i can't remember i did in i did in one and i did in i didn't in another out of one of the selection shows with palm and then this one i can't remember which which one i had him in and not but he was borderline Mm. for me i wasn't sold on it i suppose yeah yeah and and yeah and i agree so i mean i definitely liked what i saw with this like i said earlier i love that it means we don't have to mess with the forward line structure Mm. would you be would you be keen to keep persisting with this or I mean, TDK is yeah. not going to be available. So that kind of mm. makes that a bit easier. It's, it's such a tough one. I don't think I've got a final conclusion on it just yet. It's still yeah. very, could be anything. Pito definitely needs to be the number one. And it just depends who's his number two. I think when, I when Deconing comes back in, cause he will eventually play. It needs to be more pit than a 50-50 split. I think you can see that from the last two games, oh, yeah. how much better it has looked. 
this week was going to be one where Pitt was going to dominate the ruck tap. It was more about what's going to happen around mm. the ground because I don't think Bailey Williams is that good at the hitouts, really. So I'm keen to now judge it this week up against the big O because they're both very similar in that style of very old school tap ruckman rather than doing a lot around the ground. So that battle is mm. going to be very interesting. But I think, yeah, young in the ruck, I didn't hate it. I liked that JSOS was able to stay closer to goal and have a bit yeah. more damage around the forward line than have him pushing up and feeling lost. I'm liking that we're trying something different. So again, credit to Vossi for pulling a different lever. Yep. Kind of like it. I like it for now. Give it a go. I I don't think it's the final option, the final no. build. There's another element that Probably needs not. to happen. And I'm I'm interested to see when De Koning is back and whether he gets form or whenever he finds his way back into the ones, what they do with it. Because I think it's clear that when Pito solo rucks, we're better. Like got six clearances, which was second out of total clearances from everyone out there. It was behind yeah. Crips who had eight. And it's just those little things that he does with his body positioning, hat kicking it away. I think those little things he offers a bit more than than any other Ruckman we have. And yeah, if it keeps Kempi in the side after his intercept marks, I'm very happy with that. Oh, mate. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, We might have to start campaigning on this one because good question from Superbad. Is Blake Akers the most underrated pickup of the offseason? Not enough Akers chat in the general uh, AFL community. Mm. Yeah, our Carlton fans are hot on it, and rightfully so. He's just oh, – he's barely had a bad game. And, like, we don't expect him to have 34 disposals every single week, but it's another thing that I've mentioned on this episode quite highly. It's impact per disposal. And when he gets the yeah. ball, I seem to notice it. It's him trying to do something right. And sometimes it doesn't come off, but he's one that's willing to take the game on and just he fits in perfectly with exactly what we needed. And so, you know, tip your hat to, to Nick Austin and co and all, all the recruiters that we've got down there in understanding a need and finding someone that fits it without breaking the bank. Those kind of moves I'm loving. It's the role players that I think Carlton supporters are starting to fall in love with because we've got our Charlie oh. Kernos, we've got our Patrick Cripps, but these little, like a Nick Newman playing his role and getting some reward on the scoreboard as well. Those mm-hmm. are the things that now make me even more excited. It's, it's a different evolution as a Carlton supporter these days. 100% right. I reckon we wrap up the listener questions with perhaps a little preview for the wonderful selection table because yeah. as we know, when we when you ask for questions, there's always going to be selection <laughs> questions. Um, so two that kind of come into each other here. Mm. So from Alchemy Blue, um, it felt like Kennedy had as much impact in one quarter as Honey had in mm. four quarters. Would you play Kennedy at half forward next week? And then also from at Tim Gigantor, despite the big win, who underperformed and who is the heat still on? Mm. Yeah, it's tough. And, and we'll definitely go into this in greater detail in our, in our match build-up show that will be out this week at some stage. Right now, if I'm to react hot off the yep. moment, I'm having Kennedy in over Ed Kerno, and he can play I'm- half forward. He can play midfield, sort that out. And then I'm probably going to be quite ruthless. If Motlob's good to go after really? suspension, he comes straight in, Honey out. And it's maybe stiff because I thought Honey played better this week. But I'm going, who's, who's a better footballer? And I think that's it for me. They're probably the only two changes I'm like making. I reckon Fisher just holds his box. I was happy with his performance. But Bins is knocking down a door. He's trying mm-hmm. to get into this side. And interesting with Vossi's words saying with Kemp, 
We maybe didn't necessarily have to roll for him completely, but we're going to reward form. Interesting with maybe a few other players, Paddy Dow, um, that are pushed, that are performing, Who? playing some good footy in the twos, not able to accommodate it even when other players aren't playing well. It's an interesting take, but yeah. <coughs> yeah. At the moment, off a win, even though I've been calling for big changes, I think a lot of that team performed, backed them in. Hard to make too many changes after a win. I'll take the locky mentality. I like it. Well, you haven't taken it enough because yeah, where <laughs> where to me? <laughs> no, where it sits to me, I would I would just do the just do the um, Kerno for Kennedy because I think like Lord you make Jesse. a good point with Motlop, but yeah, I know like he, he wasn't te- he wasn't setting the world on fire. No, I felt like no. before anyway, so I kind of want to reward that. It's like mm. I'll see I'll see about this today. Like everyone talks about the selection integrity it's like we don't we're not having selection selection integrity uh with guys performing in the vfl but i think there's something to be said about it going the other way as well like like i like i said before like i don't know what much more guys like honey and dirt could have done in this game like they did i felt like they mm. did their role well as smalls so if we then go you know honey we, we just won by 110 points but come on Come out. You it's like, well, did mm. I not do my role well? It's like, oh, you did. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like at, at this stage and, and with that specific one, I'd be like, mm. you know what? Motlop, kick five in the twos. Yeah. And then you have to come in. It's it's a fair point. I, I I'm obviously looking at it of the like I, I think this play is better, so I want him in there. But I do yes. agree with your point of like Motlop's form hasn't necessarily allowed him to just start straight away. It's gonna be interesting. When yeah. we come up to always getting back to full fitness, Cottrell mm. played his first game in the twos. Boyd's now played two. Whether these players start pushing a few out with a bit of form, Bins continues what he's Ooh. doing. Cowan, does he go back to the twos and start lighting it up? I just want to be fit. I want to be healthy because, oh, my God, then there's going to be pressure on I a know. few players. And you can truly, rather than saying, we've got to get Fogarty in just to change something up, no offense to him, <laughs> bit of a drive-by there. Um, but bang you know it's going to be someone that is really dominating that it's going to yeah. be hard to, to not put them in the team but yeah i'm, I'm very keen to talk selections as we go throughout mm-hmm. this week and build towards that in the week. oh yes uh so we'll go for a couple of other things was there any other big things that you wanted to talk about whether it's it's things you enjoyed or things you still want us to improve on before we get into the votes and kind of wrap this one up i think i'm good so you go with what's on your mind Beautiful. Uh, all I wanted to talk about is he's not in my vote, so I wanted to. I don't think we've spoken about him enough. It is Alex Chincotta. Seventeen yeah. disposals, six tackles, nine intercept possessions, game high. Just thought he was so impressive. He, he took the game on, had more confidence. His burst of pace was really good. Uh, it was clean, not only by disposal but picking the ball up. There were times under pressure where I probably didn't expect him to just win it so clean and burst through. And mm. it goes back to just, I think he looks at the level now. And again, caveat at the top of the show, but he didn't look that bad last week. And this was a, another step of, oh, look what happens when I've got a bit more confidence to take the game on. And his work rate was was so impressive. I think we've found a nice little role player in Chincotta where, yeah, yeah, he might not be as flashy. He might not be best 22, but... When you need him in the team as an option to come in, you're not going to be upset with Alex Jim Cotter out there. I'm keen to see what mm. he can keep doing and building on in the next few weeks. 
Yeah. And like you touched on earlier, just about him not looking out of place at all. Like, I think mm-hmm. there'd be, there would have been a lot of people on Supercoach that saw, oh, Carlton have got a $102,000 uh, defender coming <laughs> in. He's probably some 18 year old rookie kid, skinny, mm-hmm. like, what we're we going to get. He just looks like a hundred mm-hmm. game player yeah. already. So, it's and, very and good. having the, Gosh. yeah, and I was just going to say, and having the hunger of, I'm 26 years old. This is might be my only chance. And I have yeah. to go out there in every single game and play like it's my last one because he's only got a contract till the end of the year. And you don't know what happens. To, does everyone else that's in his position step up? Does Cowan have an amazing year? Zach Williams coming back to, to full yes. fitness. Can we have Boydie? Does he keep progressing? Is there a spot for him? And so I just, I like that there's that element of him that is just like do or die. And, and so far he's impressing. Yeah, but let's go to the votes. Let's go to the votes, Lockie. Let's, let's run it. through these, the fan votes, because there was one vote. So someone has missed out by one vote, and it's unfortunate wow. Paddy Cripps has missed out. But getting that one is Adam Chera. <laughs> getting the two from the listeners was Blake Akers, and, of course, the man of the match oh. was Charlie Kerno. Have you agreed with those listening, Lockie? What are your votes? Yeah, I basically have. I actually, I thought it was going to be a hot take to have Acres for two votes. Uh, I thought I was going to be a little bit original there, but I wasn't. Yeah, I, I went Charlie Acres Cripper. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone different, but it's it's so hard. There almost needs to be four people this week. Gone Kerner with the three, Acres with the two, and I went Rick with the one. Just thought some of the stuff he was doing was unbelievable, but it it was yep. a coin toss there. And if I've left this late, so apologies, Lockie. But if you do want to get your votes in. Get on the socials at Navy Blue Corner. On Twitter is where we do a lot of the engagement, asking for questions and things like that. So maybe we need to branch out and make sure we get that on the Insta as well and maybe even the Facebook. But we're on there completely. (laughs) More More, more votes to count. Oh, my God. It's going to be a disaster, but it's what the people want, Lockie. And speaking of of the listeners, I I said, if you like listening to us and and you're on your preferred streaming, provider, service, whatever you want to call it. Follow us and chuck us a review on Apple Podcasts. And the people have Uh-oh. spoken, Lockie. We've got two Thank in this goodness. week that I need to read out. If you don't understand it, steal a phone, do whatever you can, get Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review. We'll read it out. Easiest way to get your name on this, get a bit of a shout-out. You can write something in there if you want a bit extra shout-out, but you need to make sure you write something nice about the podcast and leave five stars. We'll read it out. There's two here. We got one from Rompy who says five stars. Truth telling is the, the headline. It says keep telling oh. it as it is. It's what we are all thinking. Um, I would like to hear your version in every review of what's required. Stop, start, keep going. Love what you boys are doing. Oh. So absolutely love that from Rompy. And then look, we've got one that, it's about Bless. the uh, the St. Kilda review in particular. So he's just more reviewing this episode. So apologies, Lockie. You weren't there. This is all praise for me. This feels like almost I've written this and then I've gone to read this out. But So I apologize. I almost need you to read this out so it doesn't feel like um, no, no, very no. egotistical for myself. But this is from Alex Bellino. So big shout out to Alex who has said, thank mm-hmm. you for an honest and transparent review. And finally, someone who has the ability to articulate what all blue supporters are feeling to also back it up with stats is nothing short of brilliant. Love your passion and honesty. Let's hope the Carlton coaches and players are listening to this. Love this club. That's why it hurts so much. When I see what got dished out in the last two weeks, he's a first time listener. 
but he can assure us that he'll be listening to oh. every show. Thanks again. What a um, champion. Yeah, just, I mean, I mean, there's a bit more. He just keeps going, he keeps bringing the love, which oh, is what we man. love to hear from Alex. So I'm glad that he's he's decided to give us a chance, give us a listen. Yeah, jump on board. Because there might be some first-time listeners going this time, and hopefully we haven't driven them away this week. With all this positivity. Uh, with all the positivity this week, there's no realism in it. The Blues are a bloody going to win by 100 points every week. But no, we appreciate it. If you want your review read out, say something nice and give us the five stars. But make sure you follow, you subscribe if you're on YouTube. Please. Drop some something in the comments along with us. Give us your... Just all of that. We will be interacting in there. But we've got one last thing to get through before we finish. My and favorite. it is everyone's... Favorite segment, the Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the ceremony of ceremonies. Straighten your tie, adjust your monocle, and raise a pinky for the navy blue corner Hall of Fame. Gee, we didn't quite get the ties on quick enough there. I was fumbling. Nah, I'm very it felt like it, it felt like Carlton against St. Kilda for a second or against Adelaide. We're not unfortunately we haven't brought the same skills as the Blues have this week. But the ties are on. The Hall of Fame That's is a here. Tie. Yep. <laughs> it's not good. But That's someone did suggest that there should be a Hall of Shame segment where we we, you know, bring a bit of light to I some like of it. the more disappointing things. But with it, you know, a bit of fun, poking fun at it, so we can have a bit of a laugh. Um, particularly, I think Harry Mackay might unfortunately get nominated every single week with one of his kicks, but it'll be a bit of fun. So maybe we look into that as well, create another sting. But this one, the Hall of Fame, it's about the funny things in football and and what you're able to see this week. Something weird, something wacky. Lockie will throw out a suggestion each, and one of these okay. gets to go in. I'm excited to hear what you've got for us. I'll hear yours first. Oh, you want to hear mine? Okay, well. Maybe we'll have the same. It's going to be, I don't think we'll have the same because mine is so niche that I'm almost prepared for yours to go go straight in. But look, I was trying to find something this week and everything was a little bit weird at the the, the old uh, Optus Stadium. And I was looking Uh at at what West Coast were running out in. and, And these days, we're trying to take some inspiration from everywhere. Clubs are looking at what they're doing in the States. And one of the big things, I know you're, you're a big um, basketball man, is the walkout. Mm-hmm. Trying to get something exciting for the people. Now, West Coast, they have gone all out with potentially one of the worst things I've ever seen in oh. the world. Not sure if you caught this. I've actually just uploaded. It should hopefully pop up on screen now. What? Oh, my God. Is, I saw someone. I, I saw someone on Twitter call it. They're a Frio supporter. They look. They're like, mate, Frio may be going horrendously at the moment. Photoshopped. But at least we don't have this jumping castle out there now. I don't know if this is a a birthing tunnel of sorts, where <laughs> the players are getting birthed by this eagle. If you're if you're audio listener, apologies. Apologies. I'll try and maybe get this up on the socials. Have head over to head over to YouTube to see this. But it is. It looks wow. like it costs two dollars. Um, no wonder West Coast <laughs> lost, and they're doing so poorly. Imagine having to run out in this tunnel that is just—it's a—it's a poor excuse for a little jumping castle. I don't know what they've done there, but I just saw that and went, "That is a disgrace." <laughs> no, just no wonder oh. they're doing so poorly when they're walking out to that horrendous, horrendous scenes. 
Did you see footage of this? Yes, or I saw them run out in it, okay. and I was like, that's awful. And then I saw some bloke on Twitter call it out, and I was like, yes, I'm not the only one. that I thought some sort of fever dream, but no. They came out and ran through this. Thank God uh, we haven't done anything too cringy yet in that sense. But I know we've got the dance going on with yeah. Captain Carlton and Navy Nina yeah, that could almost that. go Excellent. in, but, but that is a monstrosity. The poor, the poor West Coast Eagles. What do you got to, to potentially get inducted <sighs> this week? That is so bad that it doesn't even look real. Like it looks like it someone just did that safe. and to see if people will fall for it. Um, well, that's a little bit shamey, and mine's a little bit shamey too. Um, but it, it's still famey. Um, well, I feel like I feel like that's maybe the segment. Maybe it is just it could be good, and we could be yeah. praising something good, or it could just be ways. someone's getting getting absolutely shamed here. Um, I haven't really thought about how I wanted to build this up because I feel like a lot of the a lot of the Hall of Fame is about the narrative and and the way oh, that yeah. you get there. And you, you you told a good story with that one there. Um, what about this? So the say West West Coast Eagles, mate. They're they're struggling yeah. with numbers at the moment. Let's say they give you a call. They say, Ian, get up, we need, get on the get on the plane. We need you to play this week, and you get a win. Unbelievable. You, your first game, you've got to win. You go into the rooms and you've got to sing the song. You'd know the words, oh. wouldn't you? I think, unfortunately, I would know the words. Yeah, we, we know the words. We've, we've heard this song enough times. So why on earth does Blake still not know the words <laughs> does to he our not? song? Does he not? He was. Uh, people can go and look at it back if they oh. don't. if they don't trust me. Either he doesn't like singing, or he was doing the old like you reckon when when you're well, and I've got more on this too. He was when you're like front front row at a at a gig, and you you know the the vocalist is looking at you, and you're like, well, I got a mouth. That's that's what it gave. (laughs) And so I noticed it, and then I was like, I I need to watch this back again. Let me look at some other names. Josh Honey, I'm looking at you. We're saying that you're one of the blokes that could be under fire here. If we win by 100 points, open that mouth. Don't just be smiling, looking at everybody. You sing that song loud and proud, mate. We, we don't think... Is this a Hall of Fame? You just ran into the players at this stage. I don't know. And I'm enjoying it. Either way, I'm enjoying it. The fame is players... And this isn't just... This isn't a new thing. Players, when you move clubs... There will be so many little admin-y things that they do. To Obviously, they're starting a new job. Learning the words is one of them. Yeah. The and, players and knowing the words to their song is my uh, inductee. I can maybe give you like an out if it's the first game. Sure. Even then, it's like you have – it's not that hard. And, and particularly, I don't know, I guess we would probably know the words to – 90% of clubs. I was you just, just going to say. It. You just hear it. Like the only ones I would the only team. Giants, maybe. Gold Coast, I think, is the one I don't know well. GWS, because it's become an absolute You love the big sound. And the meme, the meme when they were in the grand final, it came up and about. Gold Coast, yeah. I know bits. I know the start. Could figure it out. But, I mean, Carlton being around that long, surely, Blakers, you, you've figured out I'm enough saying. of it to get by. But hear, hearing that he's been doing the old... I'll just act like it. That's the worst. I would rather him. I would rather him just smile and grin, pretending you know the words is like top tier bad. So I don't know. That maybe deserves to go in. I, I don't know. This is 
This is up uh, for debate. What goes in no, into the Hall of no, Fame no. this week? I, I, I'm very happy to induct yours. You you understand tunnel and you over <laughs> and you over delivered because that <laughs> looks that eagle looks photoshopped on. It like that sad. does not look real. Um, but to your point, I do. I at least like something a bit different, and I and I want the the walkout. Mm. The players coming out to be more and more spectacular, yeah. but that's 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 a decrease in spectacular levels. It's something that like they've gone out at the last minute and spent about five bucks on it. And the, the issue with that, the tunnel being inflated, big that's prone to disaster. I can't wait for all of a sudden mechanism just starts sinking in and deflating as the players are trying to run out and it's oh it's a disaster like people make fun of the banners when they go awry imagine the boys getting trapped in that thing oh that's horrific and there'd be a lot of trauma happening but okay the birthing tunnel from the eagles goes into the hall of fame this week if you had anything that you wanted to nominate chuck it in the comments tweet at us because we want your involvement as much as possible in this if you see something stupid if you're walking to the game and you notice something funny some bloke yelled something that was funny in the crowd let us know. It can go up and be nominated. We're not the only ones involved in this, but this nope. week, the Eagles jumping castle gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, but that's pretty much going to wrap this one up. It's it's nice to yeah. talk about a win. It's nice to talk about a complete performance, which we haven't seen in a while. And that's why we're so happy on this. As we said at the top of the show, we understand it's West Coast. They're not that good. <laughs> we beat them by 100 points. They're definitely not that good at football. But it was the method about how we played, to the fact that we didn't stop. Because how many times have we limped over the line against these kind of sides? This is something we have not seen yep. since 2011. And, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the build-up towards our next run of fixtures, particularly around the Brisbane game this week. So yep. hit us up on the socials. Make sure you follow. Make sure you subscribe and with wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss that episode because the match build-up is way less structured than this as far as when it comes out. You don't know. It could be tomorrow. It could be the day after. What time of the day? We don't know. We don't know when we're going to record it. (laughs) To keep that mystery away, make sure you subscribe. You won't miss it. But that's going to wrap up this episode. I've had fun. I hope the listeners have as well. Hopefully we win by 100 points next week. But we'll be back for our match build-up against Brisbane. Go the Baggers. See you guys next time.